Chapter 25 of High Acres. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. High Acres by Jane Abbott. Chapter 25. The Lincoln Award. Who's going to win the Lincoln Award? That question was on every tongue at High Acres. That interest rivaled even the excitement of Class Day and its honors, of the senior reception, commencement itself. It shadowed the accustomed interval of alarm that always followed examinations. Everyone knew that the contest was close. No one could conjecture as to whom the honor would fall, for though one student be a wizard in trigonometry, he might have failed dismally in the simple requirement of setting up exercises or drinking milk. I've eaten spinach until I feel just like a cow out at pasture, declared Pat Everett disgustedly. And what good has it done, for I was only eighty-five in English. But think of all that iron in your system, comforted Peggy Lee. I hope Jerry wins the prize, but I'm afraid it is going to Jenny Cox. She was ninety-nine in Cicero. I wish I had her brains. And her luck. Jenny herself says that it is luck half the time. Look how she got out of that scrape last winter spoke up another girl. The ravens, who were in the group, suddenly looked at one another. It won't be fair if Jinny wins the award, was the thought they flashed. The records for the contest were posted the day before class day, the last day of examinations. A large group of boys and girls, eagerly awaiting them, pressed and elbowed about the bulletin board in the corridor, while Barbara Lee nailed them to the wall. Jip's inquisitive nose was fairly against the white sheet. Virginia Cox! She read shrilly. Gerald Travis is only two points behind, and Dana King third. An uncontrollable lump rose in Jerry's throat. She had hoped, she had dared think that she was going to win. She was glad of the babble under which she could cover her moment's confusion. She struggled bravely to keep the disappointment from her face as she turned with the others to congratulate Jenny. The plaudits of the boys and girls were warm and whole-hearted. If any surprise was felt that it had been Jenny Cox and not Jerry Travis who had won the award, it was carefully concealed. We might have known no one could beat you, Coxie. It was that ninety-nine in those Cicero. Hurrah for Jenny! Dana King trooped up a yell. Lincoln Cox! Lincoln Cox! Through it all, Jenny Cox stood very still, a flush on her face but a distressed look in her eyes. The Jenny Cox whom her schoolmates had known for years would have accepted the hearty congratulations with a laughing, careless, uh, why-are-you-surprised manner. The Jenny Cox whom Jerry had glimpsed that winter afternoon preceding the basketball game was honestly embarrassed by the turn of events. She had not dreamed she could win. It had been that ninety-nine in Cicero. Chinny Cox, you don't look a bit glad, accused one clear-sighted schoolmate. Alas, Jenny was not brave enough to clean her troubled soul with confession then and there. She tried to silence the small voice of her conscience. She made a desperate effort to be her own old self, evoking the homage of her schoolmates as she had done time and time again. 
she answered uneasily with a smile that took in jerry and dana king i hate to be anyone like jerry and dana it's so close whereupon the excited young people yelled again for travis and again for king the crowd gradually dispersed little groups arm in arm excitedly talking passed out through the big door into the spring sunshine a buoyance in the very air proclaimed that school days were over in one of these groups were jenny cox jip jerry pat everett peggy lee and isabel among them had fallen a constraint isabel broke it jenny cox you haven't any more right to that award than i have you know you built the snowman and jerry took the blame so's you could play basketball she's the winner each turned surprised at isabel's defense of jerry's right marveling at the earnestness in her face oh don't implored jerry i'm glad jenny won it jenny stamped her foot i'm not i wish i hadn't i never dreamed i would honest what a mess i wish i'd just turned and told them all about it but i didn't have the nerve i'm just yellow that from jenny cox the invincible forward breathless the girls paused where they were on the grassy slope near the entrance of high acres a great elm spread over them and through its shimmering green a sunbeam shot across jenny cox's face adding to the fire of its sternness girls she spread out her hands commandingly i don't know what you think but i think jerry travis is the best ever at lincoln she's made me show up like a battled copper penny alongside of her a year ago i could have taken this old award without a flicker of my littlest eyelash but just knowing her makes it impossible now what shall we do jerry's remonstrance a little quivery because she was deeply moved by jenny's unexpected tribute was drowned out in a general assent and a clamorous approval of jenny's words i know declared isabel feeling that because she was a senior she must straighten out this tangle let's tell uncle johnny all about it uncle johnny to whom had been carried every hurt every problem since baby days the others agreed he's a trustee anyway jip explained though just how much of a trustee had to do with these complicated questions of school honor none of them knew and as though uncle johnny always sprang up from the earth at the very instant his girls needed him he came up the winding drive in his red roadster they hailed him he brought the car to a quick stop uncle johnny we want you to decide something for us please get out and come over here he stared at the serious faces what tragedy had shadowed the customary gladness of the last day of school he let them lead him to the old elm if you'll please sit down and pretend you're not our uncle but sort of a a judge and listen we'll tell you dear me uncle johnny murmured weakly sitting down on the slope this is bad for rheumatism and gray trousers but i'll listen isabel began the story with the building of the snowman jip took it up dramatically with an eloquence reminiscent of that meeting of the ravens when the ill-fated lot had fallen to jerry 
she explained how, for the honor of the school, Jerry had shouldered Jenny's punishment. Peggy Lee interrupted to say that she thought Miss Gray had made an awful fuss about nothing, but Jenny hushed her quickly. Then the story came to the winning of the award. Two points. Jerry only needed two points, and she lost ten as a punishment about the snowman. Don't you see? She's really the winner. Uncle Johnny had listened to the story with careful gravity. Inwardly, he was tortured with a desire to laugh. But he could not affront these girls so seriously bent on keeping unsullied that pure white thing they called honor. Oh, youth, youth, he thought, loving them the more for their precious earnestness. And it's such a mix-up. We don't know what to do. If I knew who had given the prize, I'd go straight to him, exclaimed Jenny bravely. Uncle Johnny straightened his immaculate gray-trousered legs and laid his straw hat down on the grass. If that'll help things, Annie, I'm he he explained with a little embarrassment. You? You? Really, really Uncle Johnny? Came in an excited chorus. Yes, me. With a fine scorn for grammar. I'm the one who's to blame for all the carrots. Pinching Jip's cheek. But you have sort of mixed things up. But we had to win that basketball game, cried Jip. And we couldn't unless Jinny played. Yes, you had to win the basketball game. He nodded with a judicious appreciation. You see, Lincoln got the cup for the series. And Jerry paid the price, yes. For the honor of the school. Then I'm afraid this is the last payment. You see, girlies, everything we do no matter what it is, is fraught with consequences. If I were to go over to yonder lake and throw in a pebble, what would we see? Little ripples circling wider and wider, further and further. That's like life. Our everyday actions are so many pebbles. We have to accept the ripples. It's sometimes hard, but I guess Jerry sees the truth. There was no doubt from the expression of Jerry's face but that she saw the truth. Uncle Johnny's homely simile had made it very clear. But I won't take it. That wouldn't be fair. It was the new Jenny who spoke. So it'll go to Dana King. Yes, it will go to Dana King. Uncle Johnny was serious now. Jenny should not have accepted Jerry's sacrifice. Girls... There's a simple little thing called right that we find in our hearts if we search that's finer than even the precious honor of your school. And, Jip, you speak very truly when you say that that is something you must valiantly always uphold. Now, if you'll let me tell this story of yours to the committee, I think it can all be straightened out, and we'll feel better all around. And I'm glad it's Donna King exclaimed Peggy Lee. Garrett said he had had to give up his plans to go to college next fall, and he was terribly disappointed, and now maybe he won't have to. Jerry and Jenny linked arms as they walked away with the others behind Uncle Johnny. 
the shadow is dispelled. In youth, the sun is always so happily close behind all the little clouds. The girl's spirits went forth joyously to meet the interests of the moment, the class oration, the class gift, the class song, Isabel's graduating dress, the senior bouquets, the hundred and one exciting things about the proud class of girls and boys who were, in a few days, to pass forever from the school life. Graduates Uncle Johnny watched his girls join others and troop away, with a light step, heads high. He chuckled, though behind it was a little sigh. Doc, my boy, you were right. It has made me ten years younger to mix up with these youngsters. As he turned to go into the building, he met Barbara Lee coming out. He suddenly remembered that the business of the award had to do with Barbara Lee. Somehow, he almost always had, nowadays, to consult her about something. Very sweetly, she went back with him to her office. He told her what the girls had told him. She listened with triumph in her face. I knew Jerry Travis did not do that, but, oh, aren't they funny? However, her tone said that these funny girls were very dear to her. It'll take something very real out of my life when I leave Lincoln. What do you mean? John Wesley's voice rang abruptly. Of course, you haven't heard. I've had a wonderful offer from a big export house in San Francisco. It's the same firm to which I expected to go last summer, before I came here. You see, the road I chose to climb to the stars wasn't entirely long. Physical training. My last year in college, I specialized in export work. There was a fascination in it to me. It's such a growing thing, a challenging work, and it carries one into new and untried fields. There's an element of adventure in it. Her eyes glistened. I shall spend a year at the main office, then they're going to send me to China because I can speak the Chinese language. John Wesley stared at her. She seemed like such a slip of a girl. And Mother is so much better now that there is no reason why I cannot go. Though they had yet to straighten out the matter of the award, she quite involuntarily held out her hand as she spoke, and John Wesley took it in both of his. I hope this is the road to the stars. That did not sound properly congratulatory, so he added lamely. I'm glad, if you want to go, but what will we do without you here? End of chapter 25